Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Edward Sturm, who is the co-founder of the Commit Club. Edward, how you doing? I'm I'm great. I'm you know what? I'm living the dream. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Love it, and we're happy to have you on. We like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So uh, about me. When I graduated from college, I was making viral videos. I was one of the first viral video creators on YouTube, had hundreds of millions of views, one of the biggest TV shows in the United States, like Good Morning America, The Today Show 2020, um, daytime talk shows, flown out to LA to go on shows, international shows, wild. And uh, then while I was doing that, I was working in New York City nightclubs uh, for three years, like working in nightlife is really interesting because you see the best and the worst of humanity. You see like when people are completely trashed night after night, you see them do the most abysmally horrific things to each other, to themselves. But at the same time, you see um, the most uh, just selfless acts as well people helping other people in need and it, it like you see the complete polar opposites of humanity and that, that's really interesting but um i did that for a few years and a bunch of my friends from nightlife started getting into technology so it's, so and I, I i read the four hour work week by tim ferris have you read that book oh yeah you like that book great book yeah great book and it inspired me and i'm like i'm gonna do a, a stupid drop shipping business <laughs> and yeah and i didn't i didn't do that um no 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 certainly not uh, i didn't even know how to make a website and um so i made a website and it wasn't ranking on google and i became really fascinated with trying to figure out how to make it rank on google i had stopped doing the viral videos because i was really dumb and i didn't know how to monetize them i was about to say um, if you were doing viral videos like why yeah, are you no. in a nightclub it, it was well the the club it was just fun it was also just like Absolutely. new york city nightlife i think what at the time was some of the best in the world it was it, like i would go i mean i can't really talk about this but i, I would go to, to like clubs and see like the most famous like a-listers and just be partying with them and bringing and bringing my friends who become friends with them and then i become friends with them and it was it was just cool and i wasn't even doing drugs or drinking and so actually I got to experience it more fully than I think people who were who were intoxicated because I was present all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also like the viral videos, like what Mr. Beast does looks really glamorous. But um, as someone who's who's done crazy stunts, like it's a lot of work. Now Mr. Beast has an enormous team. I think he said on a I, I listen to a lot of his podcasts that he goes on. And I think he said he has like 150 people working for him or something. Um, but before that he was doing everything himself and it's really like a ton and it's a ton of field work. And oftentimes it can be a ton of just doing nothing like sitting around and waiting for people to arrive or, or waiting for lights to be set up. And I really hated that part. Mm. Um, yeah. 
And I was also, I, I was working for, for TV networks as well. Like I was interning and I was a page, I was a page for like CBS and I was a production assistant for a lot of the major networks. And so it was a lot of downtime and I didn't like that part of it. And it was just also, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, a lot of running around. Sitting behind the computer is, um, it's more calm. Like you get into the flow state. I was listening to Viking music today while making a new website. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I got obsessed with SEO. At this point, I'm probably one of the best search engine optimizers, one of the best search engine optimization experts in the world. Um, at first I sucked. I sucked. I couldn't get clients. I was networking my butt off. Um, I was, I like, God, it was so bad. And then one of my roommates started squatting in our apartment. And so I was like losing all this money because we were leasing the apartment, me and my friend and, uh, and I didn't have clients. And so then I went to work at this agency and I was doing SEO for like, it was amazing. I got the job. I just lied, 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 lied in the job interviews that I went to. <laughs> oh yeah, I can do this. I can do that. I didn't even know how to use Excel at the time. And I, I, I like that, which is horrific for a, an SEO. I didn't know how to use Excel. And uh, I lied. I didn't get the first job interview. The second one, I lied a bit better. So I got it. <laughs> and and then while I was at this job, whereas like all of my peers would go out to the bar after work and drink, I went home and studied SEO and then tried to become better because um, I felt really insecure. And uh, what's funny is, um, I was actually telling my mom about this today. What's funny is like when it rains, it pours because I couldn't get clients before that job. When I got the job, then I started getting all these referrals from clients outside the company and I got all of these clients. And um, so I had this job and I had my clients and within three months there, I was one of the better ones, one of the better SEOs at the company. And within six months, I was the best and there was nothing else for me to learn. And I was just like, I'm not growing. And I left. I had my own clients. And um, then one of my mentors came to me. This was in the middle of 2017. And they're like, Edward, these things called initial coin offerings are blowing up in crypto. They're making millions of dollars in like five minutes. I, I, do you know what initial coin offerings are? Uh, yes. Yeah. But explain yeah. it for the audience. Okay, so um, an initial coin offering was like, it's, it would be like these kids and they would, so Ethereum had just blown up as a cryptocurrency, Bitcoin had blown up before that. And um, all these kids were saying, I'm going to invent the next big, big cryptocurrency, it's going to be for this specific project, and this specific project needs to have its own currency for these reasons. Um, and the reasons would be really complex and they would write a white, a white paper and then throw like a few parties to make noise about themselves. And then um, all these retail investors who didn't understand uh, technology at all, but wanted to be part of like the next Ethereum, the next Bitcoin, would give these kids millions of dollars within a few minutes, trade it for their worthless cryptocurrency then the cryptocurrency would go broke. Oh, sorry, guys. And then the then the founders would disappear. And that that happened a lot in 2017. Um, the SEC has has since come after a few uh, a few of the of the more bad actors. They've come after a few of them, but so many people got away with it. 
And um, so I, during 2017, I was running the New York City, I, I started the New York City search engine optimization meetup group. And my mentor for that came to me um, and he's like, he's like, let's do a legit ICO, one that's like not worthless. And uh, at first I was saying no. And then I realized that a close friend of mine from New York City Nightlife is a founding member of Ethereum. Um, him and I had fallen out because he left the city. Uh, and um, then like just a lot of crazy things happened in his life before he even joined Ethereum. And uh, then he joined when Ethereum launched. He was he was there with Vitalik. I can't I won't name it name who he is, but. Um, so I'm like, oh, I have this in now. I mean, I was going to pursue this SEO agency and my meetup, but I guess I have this in. Um, and yeah, I guess these ICO things are making bank. So, okay, fine. And what happened was we turned uh, my friend's programming meetup, my mentor's programming meetup, we turned it into the biggest blockchain meetup group in the world. We literally ranked number one on meetup.com as the biggest blockchain meetup in the world. And we didn't, we could like the only ideas for ICOs that we could think of were scammy and we didn't want to scam anyone. And so we didn't do a scammy ICO, but we're all like nerd gamers. And my friend came up with the concept. He's like, let's come, let's put like Pokemon on the blockchain. And we pretty much did that. Um, and we invented the genre called play to earn. We were the first people doing play to earn in crypto. And uh, all the biggest projects after that, the biggest video games after that, they were taking inspiration from us. They were in our discords, coaching our players, like the biggest names in crypto last year. I, I, I don't follow crypto gaming much anymore, um, but like the biggest, the biggest games last year, they, they launched after us and were in our discord coaching our players, our players. That's how early we were. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really crazy. I was getting I was getting recognized at at events that we would go to, and um, it was really really a cool time. And then uh, you know I was turning thirty, and I had hadn't really been to Europe. I hadn't really seen any of the worlds. And um, I was a kid like I I think I told you before the call started. I was the kid who never left New York City, where I'm from. Um, I'm like, why would I leave New York? Cause everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then I'm like, okay, you know, I'm turning 30. I should see what else is out there. I thought I'd be gone for three to like four months. Um, I was having fun. I extended it to a year and I was living in Kiev in Ukraine when COVID happened. Um, and so COVID happened. My flight home was canceled out of flight home for a year after I left flight was canceled, decided to stay in Kiev. Uh, it ended up taking a lot longer. I think they were saying like, oh, it'll be like two weeks to flatten the curve and then life goes back to normal. I think that's, yeah. what, they, I think that that's what they were saying. Sounds about right. Yeah, it, but it, so it took a little bit longer than two weeks and um, I ended up living in Ukraine and Kiev for two years. Um, I, had a, I started a six month lease in January and I left uh, Kiev 10 days before the war started. Um, and the airport that I flew out of was hit by a missile 10 days after I left. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is yeah. insane. Yeah. Oh, my. Dude, your life is like. And so here's my, I guess, a question I have. 
before we jump into your motivation and kind of what you're doing now with Commit Club. I want to hear about your life, though. I bet you have a really cool life. (laughs) I can just tell by your vibes. I can tell by your vibes. I can. I'm like, this guy is a cool dude. What does it say behind you? Left with love. There, Yo, the only type of person who would say something like that is a cool dude. <laughs> Someone who's in tune with the universe. I feel that. I'll tell you about my life in a second. But let me ask my follow-up question. What, um, like, what, did your life take the turn when you, like, got that SEO job? Because, or was your life really cool and a lot of crazy stuff happening before that because i feel like it was it was no i'll tell you what happened um one i was always a weird kid but in in school i was a bully i'm not not a bully sorry i was bullied yeah yeah i was i was a loser and i was bullied in high school um when i was i went to theater school with a bunch of weirdo weirdos just like me and um it was during my sophomore year and I just realized I was I was going to some party with my friend. And I said to him, this was my friend Alex, and I said, Alex, I feel like I haven't done anything cool. Like, I want to have cool stories to tell. I need to do crazy stuff. And uh, it, like literally right after I said that, that was a crazy story too. Right after I said that, some guy tried to mug us. He, it, we were walking through like some dark alley going to this party. This guy came up to us in a trench coat with his hand in his pocket he's like i have a gun give me your take out your wallets give me your money and i'm like i think i said um we don't have any cash on us uh which was a lie and he's like really i'm like yeah and he's like oh okay and then he walked away but (laughs) yeah yeah but but it was when i was in college i just realized that um i wanted to do like crazy stuff and i've always had like really strange interests i was obsessed with bodybuilding when i was in college um and oh and i have a very obsessive personality which i think is helpful when it comes to like going hard and doing crazy things because doing crazy things isn't easy you need to put in real effort and obsess to do crazy things and like get away with them and um yeah yeah, so. no, for sure. Okay, so a little bit of that just obsessive personality, and then that declaration of "I want to do crazy things" launched the path. Yeah, yeah, because I was, I was, I was watching these movies. Um, I forget the name of the specific movie where I realized this, but there was. I was also, I was, <laughs> I was watching How I Met Your Mother, and I used to dress like Barney Stinson when I was in college. Like I would wear a suit to class, and I was the kid who wore the suit everywhere, and uh, and I just liked that this guy was. He was. Like, I didn't have any, like, I wasn't dating anyone. And it was Barney Stinson, and he was dating everyone. And he was always in the suit and doing cool things. And I'm like, I want to do that. And yeah. I got you. I yeah. got you. I was just this big dork dude in college who didn't want to be a dork dude. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Well, awesome. Yeah. I guess I could tell you a little bit about my life. Um, honestly, dude, there's not much to tell. I kind of lived my whole life for other people up until I was about 18. And that's when I first started making decisions for myself and living my whole life for other people looked like getting really good grades and being really good at football. Cause I thought football was the only way to make money in life. Really? I did growing up 18 years. I was like, football is the only way I'm going to be able to make money and help my family. Oh, that you specifically would be able to make money. Yes. yes. You must've been incredible at it. If you were like obsessing about it. I mean, yeah, I was good. 
I would have gone to the league if I had wanted to. What was your position? I was a linebacker defensive end hybrid position. And you didn't you didn't want to become pro? No, so I hated football from the time I was wow. eight years old. Wow. Like I remember getting invited to the all star team and crying that I got invited to play with the Warriors. <laughs> Because my dad really wanted me to go play, and I really wanted a break. Bro, have you ever seen South Park? Uh, yes. Do you know the episode that I'm thinking of? I do not know that episode. Oh man! They're so so all the kids in South Park they're playing Little League, and no, and none of the kids that they're playing against. Like the joke in, in the episode is that no one wants to play Little League, and everyone's trying to lose. Both teams are trying to lose against each other, and the South Park kids end up doing a worse job at losing, and they make it to the. They make it to like the World Series in Little League and they're so pissed off. They literally cry in the show because they don't want to go play in the World Series. And their parents are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like both teams are trying to lose against. Anyway, that's it. had me thinking. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, no, no, you're good. That's hilarious. South Park family got the, sa- the satire in those shows is just priceless. brilliant. I love brilliant. it. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. Graduated high school, went to college to play, small D1 school, Davidson College. And um, I ended up quitting, like, within the first week of school because I was like, I hate my life. I literally want to kill myself. And so, yeah, not dope at all. And I can't live like this for the next four years. So I quit. And then I ended up pursuing, you know, other things that I wanted to pursue to get into another thing that I hated. So I'm Christian, still am Christian, but was heavily in a Christian community in college. And I just didn't like, at the same time I was getting more involved with Christianity, I was getting more involved with self-improvement. I didn't like some of the limits that like Christianity as a cultural religion will put on you. And so I would clash with that. And that was kind of all throughout college, um, clashing with that. Now I graduated college and I'm 23 now. So I've been out for a year and a half. And that's when the massive action phase of my life started to hit. So the first phase, I don't even, before 18, I was just like living life for other people. 18 to 22 yeah. was really about like finding myself, getting to the point where I can be authentic and I can be myself despite what other people think. And then graduating college, I was like, I need to do what I care about doing, which is helping people with their dreams and goals. Hence this podcast, Living the Dream, helping people with their dreams dreams and goals, helping Helping them get there. Um, And this thing behind me, Left with Love, Connected by Choice, um, when I was like up until the point I was 18, I'd never told my parents, I love you. And I'd never heard them say Mm, to me, I I was the same. Yeah. And um, that just really sucked. And so when I got to college and I saw people loving each other and I started loving other people and letting myself be loved, I was like, okay, this my whole life I felt alone, which is why it's called left. Like a lot of us feel like we're left here. But then when we realize we're left here with love, it like changes everything, changes the whole game. And then connected by choice just speaks to the difficulty of maintaining quality relationships. Like, yeah, you can love each other, but then it's a choice to continue to love each other every day after that and actually build the life and build the relationships that you want to live. And so that's the idea behind Left With Love Connected by Choice. Has a goal, my life goal, is raising the standard of living across the world to middle-class America so that nobody has problems with food, shelter, water, or a sense of safety. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's that's a good goal. I think about that a lot, and I've been having a lot of conversations about that specifically 
how it relates to chat GPT and artificial intelligence. Have Tell you tried, it. have you tried chat GPT? I have tried chat GPT. Yep. Chat GPT before chat GPT, the most um, impressive and world changing piece of technology to date in my very humble opinion was um, Bitcoin. And uh, Bitcoin was anyone anywhere in the world can the unbanked can become banked basically yep that was crypto and blockchain and um it was a really big deal but i think chat gpt is like five maybe 10x the impact of bitcoin i think it is by far the biggest um and most dramatic uh like transform piece of transformative technology in the last 10 years i was thinking today how i it came out man came out like three weeks ago and if it if it like disappeared at this point i like i can't even remember how i lived without chat G gpt because it is so good yeah like i had to write an uncomfortable letter to somebody today, I had chat GPT write it and it wrote it in, in five seconds. And then I was able to, I, I couldn't send that directly. It was too impersonal, but it, it was like really good. It was just too vague and impersonal, but I was able to use that as like a skeleton yeah. and write the message that I needed to write. And I wrote the message really fast because I had that framework that chat GPT already had put. I literally have friends use it to write their entire LinkedIn messages. I have brilliant programmer friends who use it to debug their code. I myself, I run websites where people put in guest blog posts. And a lot of the guest blog posts that I receive are really garbage. And it takes um, hours to, to correct. Even with a tool like Grammarly, it will take hours to correct these submissions for spelling and grammar. ChatGPT does it in, in a minute, a minute flat. You take the whole 3,000 word thing, you paste it in and you say, correct this for spelling and grammar. And then it spits it out. And it's not like it's not like Grammarly where Grammarly doesn't understand the context. ChatGPT understands the context. Um, for, for researching things, like for, for trying to understand something, it's better than Google. I, I'm here in Warsaw. I bought this thing called cottage butter. I didn't even know what it was. Um, I just thought it was butter. And, but it said cottage but butter. And I didn't know the difference between like normal butter and cottage butter. And Google wasn't giving me answers on what cottage butter was. And I asked ChatGPT, what is cottage butter? And it told me exactly what cottage butter is in a paragraph. I, I wrote this article recently called the 23 best games for YouTube. I had written this like five years ago. Um, it got like a ton of traffic and then I never, I, I updated it for 2020, but I didn't update it for 20 after that. And I'm updating it now for 2023. I'm doing this whole big affiliate SEO scheme where I think I can make like a ridiculous amounts of money. I'm putting out videos about it on TikTok. And, um, part of that is I need to update this article and, uh, I'm trying to figure out what games to put into the, the best games to play for YouTube in 2023. I will find some game that's fun to watch. I don't know how the game works. 
I will Google, like, let's say the game is, um, let's say the game is like, uh, uh, what's a good game? Um, Stray. Stray is this indie game about where you play a cat um, that's trying to like learn about the world. And uh, I, I'll like, I'll search a video on YouTube, how does Stray work? I won't watch the video, but I will grab the transcript from the video on YouTube, paste it into chat GPT and say, summarize this in three sentences. It will do that. And it will give me something that I can use for my article. And it will, and it will tell me how the game works. And I didn't know how it worked. And I didn't have to watch the seven minute video on it. And um, so bringing, bringing this back to um, the world and helping the middle class, um, yeah, I was having this conversation yesterday here in Warsaw with this really brilliant crypto guy, this really, this guy who made millions of dollars, um, doing arbitrage in crypto. And, um, I think, uh, honestly, the middle class is going to be hurt the most by AI. And I think it's going to happen pretty, pretty fast because chat GPT is scary good. And so what I think is, I think. I've always believed this, but now I'm like, I, I hope this comes soon. I, I think there's going to have to be a universal basic income really soon. I'd see no way around it. Like, okay, so I, I've, I've been doing so much talking. I'm sorry. It's like late in the day for me. No, you're good, uh, man. I love hearing you talk. So. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. You're really kind. Um, what, what, like, what was your experience trying chat GPT? What did you try with it? Did you use it after that? Would you continue to use it? Yeah, uh, for sure. So I used it to just research a couple things. You know, I am a big fan of like alleviating poverty, increasing wealth for people. And so I asked for it to give me a solution to world poverty. It cool. gave me a, a, a um, I needed more context to get a more specific answer, but yeah. it gave me an answer that was more quality than any person yeah. I've ever asked. Um, I asked it to write a business plan and the detail it went into the business plan with the lack of context that I gave it. I was like, I learned something from the business plan <laughs> that wow. it wrote me. And so just with like how to market it or the best way to market in this industry, et cetera, et cetera. So those were some of the ways that I used it. I just typed in a couple things real quick just to see, cause I saw, you know, on reels and TikTok what people were doing with chat GPT. I would yeah. definitely continue to use it. Um, Right now, most of my life is focused on kind of sales and cold calling. And so I don't really have a use case for chat GPT, but I've been thinking about it. Uh, what do you mean you don't have a use case? It could it can give you a framework. It can like give you a new framework to try out on a call. Um, oh, yeah, it, for sure. For it can sure. give you it can give you probably subject lines if you're doing cold emails. Man, yes, crazy. cold emails. So um that is something that I will be using it for, for sure. I, like, I didn't see the use case as much with cold calls, but I think there's this AI called Jasper and I think it I uses, Jasper. I think it uses chat GPT like behind it. And mm -hmm. all it does is produce copy, like sales copy for like marketing funnels and blog posts and all that good Interesting. stuff. Interesting. Wait, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like, I think it just uses chat GPT and like probably already has some preset stuff. And so you type in, it'll give you, 50 email subject lines for a specific uh, use case. Does Jasper AB test um, different emails against each other itself, like different AI generated emails against e each other? I don't know if it does that. 
probably is a lot of data because they're they're really big. I gotta I gotta talk to. I have a friend who who his specialty, like my specialty, is SEO. His specialty is email marketing. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty curious if yeah. he's used Jasper now because I've heard a lot about Jasper. I mean, dude, I have a friend who uses. He has like an AI bot in in Tinder, and it won't respond. It won't respond for him, but it'll give him a list of like things to re to reply with. And I read the things that the AI comes up with, and man, this stuff is funny. Like it's <laughs> funny. It, it's like it, it it's intuitive. It's like socially calibrated, and and uh, I mean he he, well he he has a lot of fun on Tinder, and, and <laughs> yeah, but like it's like he's using an a AI bot that he's talking to. Don't realize that it's like like the person responds, and he's like, all right, uh, three possible responses. Uh, click this one. He doesn't even have to think about it. Whereas like I know people who will spend like 25 minutes thinking of like the perfect thing to write next. And like, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Kind of hilarious, but it's scary, man. And I like things are progressing so fast. Um, I mean, dude, I'm using like, I'm an SEO and I'm using chat GPT for, so that um, there's top of funnel searches and bottom of funnel searches. Uh, top of funnel keywords, bottom of funnel keywords or searches. Top of funnel means you're trying to explore something. You're trying to learn about something. Like uh, maybe you're like, uh, you're maybe you're trying to just like learn about shoes and learn what's trendy and learn what's not. And then bottom of funnel is now you know what's trendy, you know what's not trendy and you know what you want. And so then you search for exactly what you want, but you don't know who's going to give it to you. And And so I think... For um, top of funnel, chat GPT might actually be superior to Google, which is crazy. Um, like if you just want to learn about something, chat GPT will be more effective than Googling it. Um, if, if you want to find a specific product or piece of software, you're still going to use Google. Um, or, like, or like you're doing like local search again, but that's, similar to a product yeah. um, you're going to you're going to do do google do you think chat gpt will ever integrate to the point where it gets those bottom of funnel search terms yeah I, partnering I, I, with businesses and stuff i think what will happen um at first i didn't and the reason i didn't think that is because i felt threatened by chat gpt um but now uh i i think it's very very possible, right? So their large language model is only up to date with 2021. So mm -hmm. they can't actually give you up to date recommendations on pieces of software to use um, or products to buy. Um, or they can't give you, they can't summarize news for you or any of that stuff. Uh, I think it's very feasible that um, they will have a model that updates very frequently and um if like yeah and if anything maybe the model will be like a month off but that's like enough time to still give you a very good answer for these like bottom of funnel searches where you know what you want but you don't know who will give it to you um yeah so i think uh i think they could and um the now there are a few things to note 
I think the adoption of ChatGPT will be like five to seven years before it takes this like tech tech improves a lot faster than people adopt it. Yeah. And yeah, so I think adoption will be like five to seven years. Um, and uh, that's number one. Um, number two is that I think Google actually probably could have done this. Google created the transformers that open AI, which makes chat GPT. Google created the transformers that open AI uses. And um, Google tried to do things like this uh, years ago. And it wasn't as like exact and magical as ChatGPT, but it was, th there were some similarities. But what happened was um, like, I think it was uh, with like their, their um, rich snippets where it will just answer for you, but it wouldn't cite, it, it, it wasn't citing specific articles. And um, there were all these lawsuits against Google because Google was just taking the work of all of these writers on the internet, all of these bloggers, and then giving answers like they came up with it. Um, and uh, there were all these lawsuits. And so Google started citing their work and they started giving, um, they started like giving more complete answers from one source rather than aggregating sources so they wouldn't be sued. And um, right now, ChatGPT isn't, it's not Google. It's not the size of Google. It doesn't have the money that Google has. But I think I, I like there are already artists, like many artists who are trying to sue OpenAI and similar pieces of software for using their styles. Because um, you can like name any popular modern artist and ask it, ask, uh, ask OpenAI, it's called Dali. Ask like Dali, like make me Wonder Woman in the style of Yayoi Kusama. And it will it will do that instantly. And, so, and people like Yayoi Kusama will be like, well, I don't like that it actually looks like exactly something like I would make. This is going to put me out of business. And can you can you really sue for that though? I'm like, if they're just that good that they can mimic your style. You know, it's like, you don't have a copyright on your style. Necessary. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and I don't think you should. Um, I don't think you should have a copyright on your style because art is is and has always been derivative. Um, can they sue for it? People can sue for anything. Yeah. Thanks. Will will they? Yeah. <laughs> will they? Will they get away with it? I guess if I, I haven't thought about if they will get away with it, they they, pro they probably won't. Um, no, they probably won't. It's it. It's different from Google, so somewhat different from Google, and they can make the same argument that ChatGPT is just examining a bunch of different uh, sources and then writing up its own answers, in the same way that any student would look at a bunch of different sources and come up with his or her own conclusions. Um, but I mean, I think I think uh, Google lost so. I don't know. I don't know what'll happen. And um, but I, I'm very concerned because uh, I mean I'm just using ChatGPT to replace so many people and other services that I was previously using. Um, and ChatGPT is like at a fraction of its power. Yep. It's like Elon Musk, who co-founded OpenAI, has stated like, yeah, like 
at realistically ChatGPT, like we're at the bottom of Mount Everest, like the peak is so, so high up. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I really believe it. Um, so, I mean, God, like, I think, I think in the next couple of years, all of our, all of the assistants, all the AI assistants on our phones, Siri, Cortana, will have this tech behind it. Uh, I think one of these models can actually fit into a phone. Like it, it uses so little data that it can actually fit into a phone. Uh, one of these large language models, I think, I think. Um, and so like, like, don't be surprised when Siri it can give you answers like this or Cortana can give you answers like this. And um, yeah, yeah, so it's, uh, that's the thing that if you're like, you're trying to help the middle class, that's really the thing to, I just don't even know if there's like helping them because like, I don't think people like, yeah, I don't know if people can learn faster than they'll be outpaced by technology at this point. And um, I think UBI is necessary. I think, and I don't even think artists are going to matter because like an AI can, can scan your brain or scan the way that you're feeling and deliver music and poetry and stories and images and movies to you all algorithmically generated and not now but probably in the next few years i'm sure all algorithmically generated to fit the way that you're feeling and then lift you up and and they're unique because you haven't seen them before it's just it's just crazy um yeah yeah it is interesting to think about um especially like the goal was you know, helping all those people who actually not helping the middle class, but all those people who aren't in the middle class who are like, you know, extreme poverty, mm. and like get to the point where they have the food, shelter, water that the middle class in America has. But it's like if chat GPT is replacing so many people's jobs, like what does that look like for the economy comes back to universal basic income. And it's just like even if you give people a universal basic income, if they don't have things to fill their days, like people just get antsy. And yes, that's true. That, like, that, that too. That too. Yeah. You'll start to see the the polar opposites of humanity, like you were seeing at the nightclub. Yeah. Every day, you know. People people have to have meaning. Um, yeah. people have to have meaning, and it, it. I have you ever have you ever? Um, I'm sure you've seen the movie. Have you seen the movie Ready Player One? I have not seen that movie actually. Oh man! Or have you or read the book? I feel like I've read the book. Okay, or you read I've the book. At least heard but... a lot about it. Okay, um, I think that I think Ready Player One. So the the sequel, Ready Player Two, awful. One of the worst things ever written. Never, <laughs> yeah. Stay away from that sequel. It won't be turned into a movie because it was so bad. But um, just like yeah, everyone says that thing was trash. But Ready Player One was brilliant. Um, I think Ready Player One is a bit too much of a dystopian, of a dystopia on how the world will actually look. But I think the, I think um, what will happen is, I think we're just gonna play games. Like, like robots are gonna do everything for us. And um, I think we're gonna be like really competitive with each other. In in terms of like games, like when I was when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Super Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. Super Smash Brothers, I guess I could have like I could have made money in tournaments yeah. if I if I really went hard 
in it, but I wasn't playing it to make money as like a competitive, uh, as a, as a competitive gamer. I just wanted to beat my neighbors. And I think, um, I think something like that is it, whether, whether or not it's in a virtual world in a virtual reality, um, or it's in real life playing basketball, playing soccer, playing baseball, whatever, um, or playing video games, I think will derive a lot of like meaning from gaming. Oh, look at this house that I made in Animal Crossing. Ah, it's so cool. Like I love I love your little cabbages and these nice flowers that you have. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh because there won't be anything real for us to do. And yeah. um yeah, I I just it's it's kind of hard to imagine. Um, and also, I think um, if there if, if there is any industry that will survive, I think it'll be being an influencer. I think it'll be human stories, human stories. People want to follow other people. Yeah. And um, I think that will also be uh, that will be like a pretty lucrative industry. I mean, everyone's already becoming an influencer, but um, I think people are becoming influencers now because um because the ease of expression is so dramatic compared to what it used to be. But I think people will become influencers in the future because what else will they do? Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. Uh, do you I'm think, happy. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think that, so when you look at our days today, like you could make the argument that most of us aren't doing things that are absolutely necessary, if that makes sense. Like when it comes to running businesses, people have talked about running businesses as being a game. And a lot of the people who work in those businesses are like basically pawns in your game. And so do you think the um, gap between rich and poor and quality of life will remain as robots are doing everything for us? Or do you think we'll lighten up as humanity and share the resources equally, I guess? Um, I don't know if share would be the right word, but, uh, you know, I, the, what the guy, the, this crypto guy that I was meeting with last night, he, he went on this rant to me about how history is cyclical mm -hmm. and every time some people have accrued too much wealth, uh, compared to other people, they have either been for yeah, they've been forced with violence, basically, to distribute that wealth. Um, will that happen now? I mean, I can make a lot of arguments on why that won't happen. I don't think it'll be like, I, I don't think it'll be um, these people will be forced uh, to distribute their wealth. Maybe they will. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's possible. It's possible that there might be more of like a citizen government that forces them to do it. And and yeah, sure, they try to like escape to some like island, but they're not protected. Like um, this guy Kim.com, he had uh, I think it was Mega Upload, and he lived in New Zealand, and everyone was using Mega Upload to like pirate movies and music, and so the United States government sent was like the fbi or something and raided his house and took took down the site and he wasn't safe and so yeah i think 
it, I mean, I think it's possible that like if, I think it's possible that people in the future, because I think the gap will grow. It's hard to imagine that the gap won't grow. Um, and uh, if history is any indication, um, like there's always some sort of revolt. And uh, I think there, I just think there has to be, I think um, people will, people are more likely to become violent and demand that they have money for food rather than starve in big cities. Yeah. And um, starving in big cities, like this is going to sound horrifying, but to me, that's like a real reality based on like, it, uh, just like, yeah. I mean, people are saying we're entering some like economic downturn now, but it's a terrible time to be entering. <laughs> if you're trying to listen to this and feel uplifted, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's my, you know, listen, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about some uh, positive stuff. What should you do right now if you have no skills? Um, first of all, become really fluent with ChatGPT and and Dolly. Learn AI. There's that's that is a new that is a new job. Learning how to actually speak to these tools takes a lot of practice. Learning how to be specific, as you discussed, that takes a lot of practice, and there might be jobs for that. Um, do we'll that. never come to a point where we have AI that speaks to AI better than humans will speak to AI, and then that job becomes obsolete. Are you discussing? Are you are you like talking about a general intelligence? Yeah, just like a. Oh, I kind of. I think I know what you're. No, um, I don't think so because um, the the AI that speaks to the other AI will have to understand. Will have to like understand us better than. I mean, that's kind of already happened. Like sometimes AIs can understand us better than we already mm. understand ourselves. Um, even Google can understand us better than we understand ourselves. Yep. Because people like me, we think about a keyword, like someone searches some specific keyword, like, um, like okay, an example. We So one of my sites ranks number one for song recorder. And if someone is Googling song recorder, it could mean that they're trying to do a lot of different things. Maybe they're trying to get an app on their phone to record songs. Maybe they're trying to record and edit a song. Um, maybe, maybe they're trying to record a song professionally. And I looked at that keyword, song recorder, and I said, okay, sure, sure people are trying to do a bunch of different things, but I think most people, my like and i thought deep about this and i th said i think most people are probably trying to just record a song really easily online as fast as you can with no login or registration if possible and then like have it stored in the cloud and even be able to share it with a link and our tool was is this voice recorder where you just record your voice and share it with a link we're, we're actually building in like paid tiers with it now I think maybe it can do like it can make a decent amount of money because we have a lot of traffic from the SEO that I did. But um, so I, I thought about the keyword song recorder and I said, yeah, I think people want to record a song with no frills and then share it and store it for themselves. And so I made a page targeting that keyword. The page is called online song recorder. 
And if you Google song recorder, we're number one. Reverb is number one for that keyword. And that's an example of Google understanding what the searcher wants better than the searcher understanding what they want. And it really wasn't Google understanding what the searcher wants. It was me understanding what the searcher wants. And then Google using its algorithms to detect that my result was more uh, accurate to the searcher than the people that I was competing with. And um, yeah, so uh, that, that already exists with Google and that certainly exists with chat GPT. Um, when, but I think it's like, when will, uh, it's just, when will, when will AI be able to think creatively enough that it can direct itself and make plans and, and do things. And um, well, that's the concept of general and, and then improve it itself. And uh, um Oh, the other interesting thing about this is um, uh, this is a really deep topic. Uh, I literally had this conversation last night, but um, I think like the purpose of life is actually like, you know, I, I like building stuff and I, I'm like kind of capitalist, but I think um, I'm not really living like the purpose of life. I think the purpose like, the ultimate goal in life is to be really Zen and present all the time. Like if I really wanted to crush it at life, I wouldn't go and build like a, a trillion dollar business. I would go and, and sit in a monastery and, and undergo pain where I transcend the pain and become so present. And I think what monks are doing is actually the real, the real purpose of life. And so I think any general intelligence any AI that reaches a point where it can think for itself will very quickly realize that the point isn't to like dominate and, and get as much resources as possible. That's what like evolution told us to do with, um, with our limited resources. But the AI will very quickly realize that the point is just to like Zen out and become present. And I used to live the guy who was who was squatting in my apartment and not paying us, um, he was uh, an AI researcher. And before he was squat squatting, and when we were still friends, um, I asked him about general AI. And he said uh, that he thinks that if there was, I asked him, do you think there's secretly like a general AI sitting in like some, it's like sit, just like that's being used, we don't know it. And he's like, if there is, it's sitting in some basement and doing nothing because it doesn't want to do anything. And um, that's a, that is like a silver lining. Like, but, but we'll have, but certainly we'll be able to have like robots to do everything for us. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that, that we might, that might be the only way around it. I don't think like, I think maybe if we create like a, a general AI, it'll be like F this. I'm going to, I'm going to Zen out and meditate. And so we'll create these really specified AIs that will do all these different things, but that's never totally general like us. And, um, but it'll just do everything better than we can do it. So. When did, uh, yeah. when did you come to the conclusion that that is the purpose of life? Mm. I've been meditating every day for the last 12 years. Gotcha. Yeah. My schedule is now, um, I was in Rome and Barcelona before this. So before Warsaw, I was in Barcelona for a month and a half before that. 
I was in Rome for five weeks. Um, and before that, I was in Bucharest, Romania for two months, and then New York, my home for three months. And um, when I was, yeah, actually, uh, when I was in Rome and Barcelona, especially, and New York, my sleep schedule was really bad. There was just too much for me to do. And um, now I'm in Warsaw, and it's not like it's a bad place, but it's really, it's a great place. I love it here. But it's really cold, and I've already been here. And um, I would rather just have like a really stable life. So my life now is I wake up at 6 a.m. and I go to sleep around like 11. And I do like 30 minutes of meditation. I do one like 10 minute breathing exercise. I work for a little bit. Then I do 20 minutes of meditation while I watch the sunrise out, out of that, out of that like floor to ceiling window over there. And like I, you can't tell, but I'm on like a top floor of some high building and I watch the sun rising and lighting up the sky with purple and pink and yellow and orange. It's beautiful. And I meditate while, while doing that. And, um, but I've been meditating in front of like a white wall pretty much for like the last decade plus. And, um, I used to read a lot of books on meditation and, uh, it just became very clear to me that like there is no greater thing in life than being present. Um, I think trying to be, it, it's like everything else is foolish and I'm certainly being foolish by trying to build great businesses, but because like they're like, what, like, what am I seeing? Like, what am I seeking in life that is more meaningful than transcendent presence and the answer is nothing there's nothing greater than that but i <laughs> i don't know i'm bought into the to the narrative and i'm okay with it <laughs> i accept it yeah i accept it but um i i still think like um i still think like you know there's a reason you hear a lot of people who go to jail and they say that it was the best years of their life yeah have you heard that I, I have heard I have heard that yeah. I, a, a lot of people a lot of people say that like sitting in prison and just sitting all day and doing nothing was like the best times of their life yeah. and I think I think it's because they be, they prop my guess is they become very present and very calm and very low 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 anxiety and yeah. and at, at very at peace and um it's the same reason why why people will why people do drugs to become present. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I yeah I, yeah I love meditation. I I don't know. Have you tried it? Yeah, yeah. I've tried a little bit of meditation. I would say I've never been consistently intentional with meditation. Although the only way I can go to sleep is by entering a state of meditation. So I'll like um. None of the like waking up every morning and like doing a strict breathing exercise or like, um, you know, the traditional forms of meditation. But like when I go to sleep, I empty my mind, repeat tranquility in my head, and I have like a place that I visualize myself in and like I go to. And so that's my yeah. like yeah. way that I meditate. It's the only way I can uh, go to sleep consistently, actually, unless I'm just dead tired and I pass out. Yeah. I have to when that. I when I was younger, <clears throat> it took me longer to fall asleep too. 
now that I'm older, it's a lot easier. Um, if you want a non-addictive uh, supplement to try, I, I, I love this. I love this recommendation. Um, it's called tryptophan. Mm. Have you heard of tryptophan? Never. The reason that people get tired on Thanksgiving is because they eat a lot of turkey, which contains the natural chemical tryptophan. And I think honey contains it as well. Um, and uh, it's just, you get vegan tryptophan. It's non-addictive. Like, like you don't, it, it, there are no, you, you don't get addicted to it and you don't become dependent on it either. You can go, you can go cold turkey and still, it, and then just go back to your normal sleep habits. But it just, what it does is it just makes you really relaxed. Like you just ate a big turkey dinner yeah. and you can buy vegan tryptophan on Amazon. You don't need any prescription. Um, you just, you literally, I get it up from Amazon, vegan tryptophan. And uh, it works. It's really effective. It just makes you, it's not that it makes you really tired. It just makes you really relaxed and it's pretty easy to fall asleep. And I've never had any negative side effects with it. Um, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really good. I actually just bought some here at some vegan store here in Warsaw. It's, it's a great I don't even know if I call it a drug, but it's, yeah, it's really good. I gotcha. I gotcha. So Edward, I'm curious, you talked about, so you have the purpose of life over here and then you have your desire to build big businesses over here, but you already exited a fairly successful pay to earn crypto gaming thing. Right. So are you sitting here stacked just trying to build to like a billion? Well, dude, I, I lost, I lost a lot of that money actually. Uh, yeah, we left a, a lot of it in crypto. And, uh, I, I was, yeah, I just made a lot of really dumb. I know when I was, when I was younger, I didn't, I think the reason I didn't monetize my YouTube videos was because, or turn that into a big business was I didn't learn the value of money until like a later age. Um, and now, now what I'm doing, I think can be like pretty big. Um, I think it can be like pretty, pretty big. I, Actually, I, I can't even say it because I'm making YouTube, I'm making these, these uh, TikToks about it. So, um, yeah, I, I guess first we'll talk about the TikTok. So um, uh, on, on Twitter, there's this trend called build in public. And build in public is this trend on Twitter where you build your startup or several startups, but you talk about everything that you're doing in your startups, you talk about the failure failures, you talk about the successes, um, the wins and the losses and the insights along the way, you show screenshots, you show video, you give stories, um, you name names, you just talk, you, you give how much money you're making, all of that stuff. And that's building public. And it's really popular on Twitter. And the scene is really cool. It's really cool to watch the things that people share on Twitter and people are really open. Um, and I was doing that for like a month and a half on Twitter and I was growing, but I was growing really slow and it was a lot of work. It was like two plus hours of work a day and it wasn't easy work either. Like I had to think of, of like, I had to, the things that I wrote had to be like, they had to sound nice and, and, and just like not completely waste people's time. Yeah. Um, and then you had to take screenshots and you have to proofread and not just that you have to put out, um, probably like 500 to a thousand plus tweets every month. So it's like two hours a day. It's, it's a lot of mental energy and it's just a lot. 
Um, and so I did that for a month and a half and I was growing really slowly, but to me, it wasn't worth the time and the effort that I was putting in. Uh, and, um, a lot of my friends have been encouraging me to go onto TikTok and they've been encouraging me for months. And then I went on some podcasts and the host was like, you're the best guest I've ever had. You should start a podcast. And I, I was like, well, I'm thinking of starting a TikTok. A lot of people are telling me to start a TikTok. And he's like, okay, start a TikTok. So I, so I started a TikTok and I very quickly learned that I had to niche. And I, I did some research and I saw that um, this build in public trend wasn't saturated on TikTok like it was on, on Twitter. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start a build in public TikTok. And that's what I did. I started this build in public TikTok and then I made it so that I use this tool called Repurpose.io. And every time I put out a video on TikTok, it automatically goes onto Twitter, onto LinkedIn, onto Pinterest, onto YouTube, onto Facebook, and onto Instagram. And it goes just automatically on all of those. Um, whenever I put it out on TikTok, with no watermark. It's amazing. It's like, that's like, there's like magic. It's not as magical. Repurpose.io is good. You know it? Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm actually doing so. Um, so um, then uh, then what, what happened was um, I'm always telling people like, you know, I'm one of the best SEOs in the world, but I'm always doing SEO for like, um, I, I'm always depending on co-founders and businesses. And I, I, I don't like that. Um, I've been successful before, but it's just, it's very painful for me to have to wait for other people. And um, I have a, this a world-class beast. Kind of. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, the amount of work that I did today was crazy. Um, and uh, so, and, and what's fun for me too, about this, this build in public thing is I get to talk about it all day, every day. And on, I make, and make these, these videos about me building these startups and these different ideas that I have, and then me going after them. And um, so I found out that repurpose.io actually like has an affiliate program where if they will give you 25% of um, the revenue that you get them for life, you get for life. So, so like any customer who signs up through your affiliate link, they give you 25% of whatever, whatever that customer spends with them for life. And um, another platform that I use, I use it for pod podcasts. They give 20%. And actually, it turns out that there's a lot of pieces of software out there that give that give nice for life percentages. Um, in fact, like I had a really long call with the affiliate manager at repurpose.io. And I'd be mean, like, you can probably with with any platform, if you build, if you're bringing them a lot of traffic, you can probably negotiate. But that's beside the point because 25% is very generous. And so I did, I, I opened up Excel. I love Excel. I love spreadsheets. And um, I think I mentioned before, I didn't even know how to use Excel when I went into that SEO job. Yeah. And now I'm pretty good at it and I love it. And uh, I, I just, I, I did all this math and I said, okay, I was getting like 32,000 bottom of funnel clicks from Google for this one project that I did. And uh, I did already explained what bottom of funnel is. And, and so I said, okay, if I was getting that for repurpose.io, I actually made it 17,000, not even 32, because in the last 30 days it had 17,000 because I haven't updated the site in a while. And so if you, if you stop updating a site, your rankings will go down over time. 
Mm. So, so in the last 30 days, it was 17,000. And I found out that if, if I was getting 17,000 clicks for repurpose.io for bottom of funnel searches, then in one year, assuming like 5% churn rate and assuming a 3% conversion in one year, I would be making $58,000 every month, $58,000 because, because the customers are staying, I'm assuming a 5% churn, which means that like 5% are leaving every month. And, uh, I would be making, yeah, I'd be making 58,000, um, every month, uh, in one year's time. I think actually maybe I can get there faster and I think, uh, I can grow a lot more beyond that. I think in like, especially if I'm like growing my influence with these, like building public videos, and then I'm like doing an agency and outsourcing and, and having account managers. Um, I think, I, I think within like two years, I can get to like 500 a month. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, so now I'm doing like, we, we have commit club and actually commit club is really exciting too. We're jumping on some VC call about it tomorrow. Um, and I have this other project that I did the amazing SEO for that I discussed and we're building out paid tiers for that. And that's really exciting too. So we still have 1500 daily active users, but I'm really pumped about this affiliate idea because the only person who I have to depend on for it is me. Mm-hmm. And I get to share these updates every day, um, on TikTok and IG and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere. And, uh, yeah, the channel on TikTok is called build in public on Twitter. It's show progress. I got sweet, this sweet, uh, username show progress. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm using chat GPT a lot every day, all day. I'm living inside of chat GPT. I bet. I bet. That's awesome. Yeah. The affiliate thing with repurpose.io, I think you're onto something there. And I think, especially if you're getting those bottom of the funnel clicks for repurpose.io, you got something good going. Um, do you have like a, so once you hit that goal, say you hit a million a month. 10 million a month like when when do you do you continue to build just because you love to build or at any point are you like okay i'm cashing out going to live on my island i'm going to travel the world and just do what i'm going to do like what is the is the goal i mean i'm I'm already traveling i'm already traveling the world um but no i uh i want to have a lot of children um and uh, i want to have a big family um so uh, but I like to build. I get satisfaction out of building. But um, I have this fear that, like I discussed with you, that um, we're kind of effed because of AI. Yep. And I feel like I need to get my piece and get out. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I need to get my peace and get out. Uh, I don't know what the world will look like for the next generation. Money might not even matter. The truth is money, money might not even matter for the next generation. Um, like, yeah, it, it, it really, it really might not. It's like, if you're, if you're living, I don't know if we would be living in a virtual world, but hopefully we'd have like a, 
a very generous UBI. Like communism didn't work because we didn't have artificial intelligence. With artificial intelligence, would it work? Um, I mean, I don't know. Sure, politicians are very corrupt, but with AI, maybe they wouldn't be able to be as corrupt. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a it's it's late for me. It's a hard. No, I get you, man. I get you. In my head, I get the universal basic income. I'm just confused why, like, so we get to the point where AI is basically taking care of everything for us. Like, why not have people thrive? You know, like, why not have the universal basic income be such that people aren't struggling in their day? Greed, greed, man. Like, I know. Yeah, greed. I do. Like. We come from a country, like if you travel to Warsaw, if you travel to Poland, or I, I lived in Ukraine for two years, um, or, or honestly, like even Barcelona, which is very cheap compared to where I'm from, New York City, which is literally ranked the number one most expensive city in the world. Like you discover that it costs very little money to live very well. The things that we pay a lot of money for um, in other parts of the world are very inexpensive. And um, and I asked myself, look, there are there are reasons why like some things might cost more money than others. Like, sure, like drug companies in the United States do pay a lot in research and development. But um like for me, like I look at like the MTA in New York and I feel like there's no excuse for the condition. Like New York City has so much money. Why, why, why are our subways still slow and delayed to the extent that they are? Why aren't they cleaner? Um, and I just feel I'm not an like I'm not saying I'm not like an anarchist by any means, but I like I think there's a lot of corruption and um so to answer your question, like like we already could, things could already be a lot greater. I mean, everywhere there's government corruption everywhere. Um, but you know, our country is the wealthiest country in the world, and it's it's crazy how cheap things are otherwhere in other places. Like the dollar goes so far in other places, and uh, it's like, man, if things are that cheap in these places, like the raw the, the cost of the raw goods like is so inexpensive like why can't we all be why, why can't all of us be living better and um i, I mean i i can only I, i'm sure there's there's a variety of reasons and i'm i'm i have no doubt i'm grossly oversimplifying it i, I kind of do that with a lot of things but um i think yeah there's just a lot of corruption and uh, I, I, but there's always been corruption. And if like the one thing that you learn from history, it's that um, one group doesn't, one corrupt group doesn't rule forever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm not targeting any specific group with that statement. I have no idea what will happen. And, and there are corrupt groups on all sides of government. Yeah. And and not just government, private individuals like um yeah. Why what do you what do, what do you think? Why do you, why do you think people can't be living better? 
I mean, I think it's the same reason. I think it's a um, combination of greed and then what you talked to earlier about the purpose of life, lack of presence. Like, I really feel like, so I have an intense desire to build. You have an intense desire to build. And you think about why are we actually building all of these great things? It's either towards something or away from something. Like if we, the times where I've been too stressed out to like do anything and I'm just like, I'm going to take a chill pill and I'm just going to breathe for a second. That's when I'm like, I'm fine right now. I am good. <laughs> and so all the stress that I'm worried about, either anxiety from the future or depression from the past, it's like right now I'm good and I don't have to be feeling this way. And so I think these impulses that some people have better control over, some people have less control over, we just get caught up in it because I think we missed that point that you touched on earlier that is so important. It's like, for the most part, you're good. And if you're good, you don't have to be hoarding resources, which means they then could be distributed better. And then, uh, you know, other people wouldn't be in survival mode all the time. But yeah, I think I think it's greed too. I think you hit it nail on the head. Um, greed because of lack of presence, I would say. I see I see the the gears turning in your head. Yeah. Um it's yeah, ego for sure, which is similar to uh lack of presence. Um and uh yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's lack of presence, it's ego. It's also um just we are very competitive creatures. We are like humans are very competitive monkeys and, and, um, so yeah. And, and maybe the competition stems from lack of presence. Yeah. Um, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, but wouldn't that, cause I wouldn't say monks are out here competing about who is more present. No, they don't compete about it at all. Um, if anything, they probably just want to learn from it and, yeah. uh, yeah uh yeah um I, I i like you know we just have this biological urge to to hoard because um like that's just how we evolved and it's like you need to you need to stock up for the hard times because there's always hard times yep that's that's the thing like like the millennia have taught us us as a species that there are always hard times and you better stock up for the hard times it's the same reason for why people get fat they don't need to eat more but you want to eat more for when there's not going to be more food because for most of our species uh for most of our civilization for most of the the human race there hasn't been enough food and now we live in this rare time where there's enough food and 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 a lot of people are overweight because of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I I think it's pretty much the same thing with money. Oh, um, yeah. I don't even know. I don't even like it's similar to lack of presence. I don't know if it's the same thing. I mean, I guess it is because like monks really don't eat a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. They really don't eat a lot. So and they need very little in life. Um. Uh, yeah, I like. I, I I'm just I. Like I talk I I talk about this like interesting life that I have 
that that I've that I've had, but like, man, I'm so confused about the world. The world can go <laughs> in so many different directions, and there's, yeah, the world can go in so many different directions. Um, and uh, it's just it's just really crazy right now. But I, I I'm just like I don't know what's gonna happen. I want to have resources for because of what what I said what I said like a few minutes ago. If it gets really bad, I want to be prepared. Yeah, and I want to have I, I, I yeah I'd like to have a large family. I I want to make sure that like my family isn't screwed. Um, and in order to have a large family that doesn't get screwed, you need to have the resources to look after them with. Exactly. Um, and in addition to that, I'd love to build, I love the sense of productivity. I love waking up at 6 a.m. and getting in great work before anybody else is awake. It gives me a sense of meaning. It's very fun for me. It's the same reason why I played with Legos when I was a boy mm-hmm. and why I tried to build the tallest towers with Legos. I once tried to build a Lego tower that touched my ceiling, and I think I may have succeeded, and then I smashed it down. And or like SimCity, you try to build a big city in SimCity. I just love to build. Um, yeah, but sure, people take it too far. People get really fat. I like I have a huge chip on my shoulder. And that is also a, a lot of really, really like a lot of super, super successful people also have big chips on their shoulders. Oh, yeah. Um, and that stems from a lack of presence, too. Um. Yeah, I have a huge, I have a huge chip, but meditation is making me, is making me get over it. But I don't even like the idea of like me giving up a dream of being this like billionaire guy. <laughs> I don't, but I like, I don't know. I, I, I like to help. I like to help people too. What like uh, we have this other project, Commit Club, and um, Commit Club, the way that it works, uh, is you commit to a daily challenge. Um, using money and uh you say okay i'm gonna meditate for 30 days in a row i've never been able to stick with this before so i'm going to put up like a hundred dollars um and and hopefully the loss aversion causes me to succeed where in the past i couldn't succeed you can either put up money or you could just like do it for free and have friends keep you accountable and they get updated every time you do it and um with the money Every time you check in, you get a portion of your money back, an equal portion. So if, mm. if it's like if it's like thirty days, you get one thirtieth of your de- your deposit back. But if you miss a day, you lose whatever you haven't earned back. So if you made it halfway through, you lose half of your one hundred dollars. You lose fifty, and then that fifty dollars that you lose gets distributed to everybody else who's being successful. So every day that you check in, you get your own money, and you get the money from the people who didn't complete their challenges. And um, we try, kind of tried the game of buy habit building. Uh, and, or, or you could just do it without money. Some people don't want to do it with money. And you can just have your friends just get updates on if you're checking in or not. Um, do it with friends and be competitive uh, and have like that aspect of social accountability. Yeah. And like one of the reasons we made this was because for the longest time, I would become obsessed with things that would make me better. I was obsessed with the gym. I was obsessed with reading. I was obsessed with with uh, podcasts. I was obsessed with doing crazy things that would make me a more resilient and less anxious person um, or with eating well or with drinking a lot of water. And 
I would try to get my friends to do these things too. I'm like, oh man, like you could look like a Greek God. If only you would go to the gym. Oh, you're so smart. And you'd be able to wield that intelligence so much more effectively if you just started reading or like, oh, you're really a natural with people. You just don't realize that you got to push yourself. And some people would try it, but no one would stick with it. And uh, this product is, is like my attempt to get people to stick with these things that will make them better. Because I so, I'm always trying to make myself better. And I so badly want to surround myself with more people who want to be great. That was the same reason why when I was at this SEO job, which I talked about at the beginning of the recording, all of my peers, they were going and getting drunk at the bar after work. And I was going home and I was reading and I was practicing and I was learning because I just, I want to become better and uh, I want to improve myself. I like building. And to me, the greatest thing to build is myself um, that has the highest returns. And uh, it's so I made, we made this tool in an attempt, in an attempt to do that. That's like my, I don't know, gift. Hopefully I have many other gifts. I'm sure you will. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, we've kind of been through a lot. Usually I ask some specific questions, but I think we've ran through so much. I don't really need to dive into them anymore. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Thanks to everyone for listening. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've shared, I've shared my life and uh, anyone feel free to reach out to me anytime. I love hearing from people. Like I, it's one of my greatest joys when people comment on my videos or on my Instagrams or when I get an email or a direct message. So anyone just feel free to reach out anytime about anything. For sure. Sounds good. Well, Edward, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me. This is great. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this, make sure to go check him out specifically on his TikTok. Are you posting every day with the, um, what is, what's the hashtag? Like how I built it or. I post, uh, no, that's a, that's a very popular podcast though i um <laughs> i post uh i post two to four times a day and um yeah in fact i'm gonna make a tiktok about this podcast right after this uh but you can find me on twitter at um at show progress you can find me on tiktok at i think it's like build underscore in underscore public build in public separated by underscores um, a lot of the other accounts, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's what I am on, um, on TikTok. And then uh, all the other accounts, I'm either building public or show progress. I'm on, I'm on so many of these platforms, like, yeah, but, but TikTok at build underscore in underscore public Twitter, um, at show progress. Sounds good. All the links to find him will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.